WV Uncommonplace. This podcast is a variety podcast that houses numerous series to cover mental health, empowerment, podcast framework, and various intimate theories to get to know the hosts. Along with occasional movies, reviews, and dives in pop culture with our event podcast episode. The Uncommonplace digs into bringing guests on that stories don't fit the mold and are very different. WV stands for the great state of West Virginia and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself JR are your hosts so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Plate. All right. Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today I have with me Jesse Fisco, correct? Yes. And I thank you for that because my God, I chop people's names up. I've got a sinus infection and all kinds of crazy stuff. Now, when we do this show, everyone knows every show has nostalgic parts to it. Like when I say phrases like I'm on point like Steve Nash or if you do something cool, I'll say, man, he's like yelling in the pain or something. So, Jesse, the nostalgic question we talked about in our very, very limited pre-call uh, was, who is Jesse Fisco? Yeah, um, I've run a $250 million coaching company. Um, prior to that, played drums and did a Warp Tour and um, played with a couple bands. Um, opened up for Katy Perry before she was actually the Katy Perry. Whoa. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a little bit about me. I'm I'm a musician at heart, but, uh, you know, after, after life kind of changed and I had to, you know, ground myself a little bit more, got married, started a real estate business and, uh, from there evolved into my coaching company. Okay. And that's amazing. A coaching company making that much money, six figures. Uh, that's a lot of mental language too, I believe. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, so let me ask you this. So you pivot and you start this new company, uh, Inside the pivot, what was the hardest part of thinking about what you wanted to become next? Yeah. So for me, it was um, not being aligned with like actually what I wanted or knew myself. Um, I lost myself a lot when I was focusing very much on like my first entrepreneurial journey of being a real estate agent. And so when uh, my wife and I had a massive fight, that kind of changed everything. Like we, we never talked about separating or anything until this moment. And I realized like I lost myself and, um, the biggest change was finding myself again. And, uh, that was through actually going through a course of like learning the things I wanted where, you know, and what she wanted and, and really just rearranging everything. Cause it was at one point all about money for me. Okay. Now, I can understand that that phrase of, of it being all about money on certain things. So when you decided to differ, differentiate things and, you know, not saying that you didn't put your wife as a priority, but right. she was she was one of the millions of priorities that were in a folder mm-hmm. inside the, the memories museum that you hold. So when you decided to put her in a more forward position, we'll say, how did that change things for you and her personally? When you started, you know, you had your new goals and and you put more attention towards her. That's the best way to put it. Yeah, no. So it sounds a little selfish, but I actually focused more on myself during that time. Um, and what I did is I found that, you know, during that process, I lost 55 pounds, right? Like, so of course I become more sexy, more attractive to her. Right. And I also, started to focus in on what truly mattered in the five areas of my life, my family, her, 
my business and I got more centered, right? It, instead of a, like a shotgun approach of like pull over here, pull over there, it was now more sniper rifle in every aspect of my life. And to her and to me, it really, really started to blossom our relationship even more because the man she married was very confident, you know, coming off of lots of early success. I mean, 16 years old, touring with bands across the, the U.S. Like, yeah. that's who she married, and there was a lot of confidence there. But I let myself go as I tried to pivot my first time doing real estate and getting into a different business. Okay, okay. And I, I like that because like you, you gave the human side of who you are. Yeah. And I like that because the listeners, when they hear that, that's, that's going to be what they're going to focus on. So now let's talk about this business. You like, how do you start something like this? Cause like anybody like doing a podcast, I just wrote down notes and I decided, Hey, this is how I want to do this. And this is how I want to do that. So how did you get that thought process going? How did you put that to paper or whatever physical means you had to put it down to see it? Yeah. So a lot of it started with meditation, um, getting very focused in on like who I was. Right. And then as I understood the different things that were making me tick, right. Why did I feel this emotion in this particular circumstance? Well, it's because at five years old, I felt this, right. And as I started to unpack those things, I started to learn and recognize the same processes and systems to help people remove that anxiety or remove that emotion from their life. And the interesting thing was, is after doing countless hours of research and engineering this coaching program, 50% of the memories that you have are actually true. The other 50% are some created version that you've gone back to and changed over time. So like half your life doesn't even really exist. Just like 50% of the scenario that made you feel that way in that moment. Oh, wow. So Half the stuff that I probably remember is nothing more but a figments of my imagination. It's creation based off of going back to that opportunity and reliving it, right? You know, like the, we talk about fishing, how the fish continues to get bigger every time. Yes. Well, that's actually what happens is that your ideas and your emotions get bigger every time based off that circumstance because your, your mind literally releases neurochemicals to your body and your body craves those like a drug addict. And so your story and your memory has to get bigger and your emotions have to get stronger for you to have that next high. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. And so like, that's why we keep going bigger and bigger with our stories. Yeah. And maybe your spouse or your girlfriend, whatever is looking at you going, dude, that story just gets bigger and bigger every time I hear it. Well, yeah, it's just a natural way that us human beings are designed. Okay. So let's, let's talk about a verb real quick. Emerge emerge is a very what's what's the way i want to put it uh i got pretty good vernacular so i normally have something to match with it but emerge is a word that you kind of put a question mark on emerging obviously you told us a part of what you emerged from but why did you keep and why did you coin the phrase emerge yeah for me um it just as i was writing things down that's the common word that can't happening for me is like, I'm emerging from my old self. I'm emerging to a higher level. I'm emerging to becoming like a God on this earth. I'm literally a creator. And so I'm now emerging to this higher level of my mind and going, what can I create for me? Everyone has that in them. Okay. Okay. Now you get the business going and 
what was like the first hurdle you hit? Because everybody talks about the good, the pretty, but they never talk about the ugly part. So tell us like where you hit a little snag with it and how you picked yourself up. Yeah. So originally I was going to do this with my wife and we were going to coach together. Um, but the first hurdle we hit was like, once again, we were falling back into some of those same patterns, right? Like we, we are habitual creatures. We always go back to the same things we know and familiar with. And so the first hurdle is we had to sit down and realign and say, you know what? This doesn't make sense because if you're going to be home with our kids, you've got to step aside. And the biggest hurdle was once again, realizing like, this is me going in. This is no longer like my wife and I working. This is all on me. And so there was that big hurdle emotionally of like, this is on you. And if, you know, if it goes well, great. If it doesn't go well, you're the one, right? This is your full accountability. Okay. Taking a lot of responsibility and accountability. That's a, that's a, that's a powerful thing there. Yes. So you have many titles to your name and obviously dealing with the real estate, you have a YouTube, you have TikTok, you have two podcasts. Yes. You've done your research. <laughs> Can you? Oh, yes. Yeah, so we definitely do that in West Virginia. Commonplace. One quick thing I want to throw in here, guys. Journalistic integrity in anything you do, no matter if it's a speech you give or something you say on live, make sure you know your your guests. Like if you don't know your guests, don't have them on your show. That's exactly. one thing. All right. So, um, and I will say this, uh, we both spoke earlier about uh, where I was this week. So I had a lot of time to, to, to dive into things. So what I'd like you to do real quick, talk us through every single one of these entities because you're a multimedia mogul here with all the stuff you're doing. Uh, first off, can we dive into the YouTube channel and the TikTok? And the reason I want to do this is because the main thing that happens on this show is you have two people. We have our listeners that go out and they're going to find everything about you because they're going to, they'll either get it from the show notes or they'll go get it on their own. Mm-hmm. And then you have the podcaster, the influencer, the person that thinks they have it, but they don't have it until they hear what the next content creator has said or has told them. So if you wouldn't mind, could you please tell us about the YouTube channel and TikTok first and then lead into the podcast and any other ventures you'd like to let the audience know about? Yeah, for sure. So my YouTube channels like different mindsets and things to really get you thinking. And the reason why I put that out there is because uh, selfishly, it's just a way for me to perfect my craft as I'm up there on stage talking to people and also with my coaching clients. Um, it also gives me some insight onto some of the pin, like the points that are really important to people. So, um, I go in there and I take requests, like I will do videos based off someone shoots me a DM. It's like, Hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this particular thing in my life. Help me out. I'll create a video for him. Why not? It's fun. Um, and then going over to TikTok, dude, TikTok's a different animal. I'm, I'm still learning. Like, <laughs> uh, and, uh, with, with my TikTok, it is literally like a 15 to 30 second. No, no more clip of just something motivational to think about. Um, I want people to go from being an unconscious mindset of just scrolling, like in a habit to bringing something of like, Oh, I've never thought of that before. So I, I definitely put some motivation and, and get in there with TikTok um, and YouTube just to help like get people to a higher level thinking. We, we can think at a higher level and that's important to me. Okay. Now let's talk about these podcasts. You got two of them. Mogul mentality and matrimonial merger that's a tongue twister isn't it <laughs> every time we do the hook like welcome to the matrimonial merger it's like oh you know like both of them are double <laughs> M's too so sometimes you'll get a matrimonial mogul and you're like what the freak is that so yeah 
Yeah, um, both those podcasts, man. So Matrimonial Merger, um, my wife and I, we talk about running a business. Um, like I said, my wife and I run um, multiple, multiple businesses. Um, this coaching one's our baby in the fact that, you know, we're, we're running this coaching company to a $250 million coaching company. So like we are talking about the ins and outs and how to balance your relationship with your spouse and the balance your relationship with, uh, you know, your business partner, who is your spouse. And so we talk a lot about that. And then on a mogul mentality, it's a, it's a, one of my good partners that helps me do like big commercial buildings and flips and stuff. Him and I are just talking about mindset and more of a business esque, but both of them tie the business in there, but one has more of a relationship feel and the other one's strictly like all in on mindset and business. Okay. And I, and I really like that because you niche down to exactly the product that you provide. Uh, we used to do a show called podcast collide where I would bring people in to actually talk about their podcast. And, um, just a few questions I'll throw out there from that to you. Cause that's a little nostalgic thing we do here. Sure. Um, how do you balance the time for both these podcasts? Yeah. Great question. Scheduling. Um, 100%. So, um, what we were doing in the past with one of them is we would go to an office and we found that it took three hours to like get the, the content and everything. Now it's like, Hey, we're going to both come with an idea. We're going to merge it together and we're going to do this podcast in 30 minutes or less. And it's very much a schedule, but we record it um, just like you and I are doing right now. We record it. My partner is up in, in uh, Ogden, Utah, which is about an hour and a half away. So we have to. Um, and then with my wife and I, we literally like we get so much feedback now. It's so fun because people reach out and say, hey, like, what would you do in this situation? We're like, oh, there's an episode and we'll just write it down and then we'll just collaborate at night when our kids go to bed. And it's so much fun. It's like a date every single week. Her and I get to talk and it's like high level, no kids sitting there going, dad, mom, like it's just a high level conversation. And uh, honestly, once again, kind of selfish. It's just for me. I get to spend time with my wife talking at a high level. It's awesome. Right. So right, that's no doubt we, that. we prioritize it, but we give ourselves an hour on the matrimonial merger um, a week. And and those are the things that like are important to us. But it's important to have both you and whoever you're doing a podcast with or like just everyone around you on board that this is the time and you got to respect the time, you know? Okay. And I like that. And that'll help other people that have co-hosts and have to worry about times and stuff like that. So now next thing in the creative process, obviously you and your wife, when you create uh, and you and your uh, co-host, you both said that there's a creative effort that comes together. Mm -hmm. So we already got that down packed. Now what happens if there's something difficult? What, what happens when you all can't come to an agreement in either podcast when it comes to the topics, because some people like topics to mirror, some people like top topics that aren't the same, but correlate in some way, which still relating, but sure. you know, how do y'all, how do you handle that? No, great question. So um, we come with multiple topics, right? We're not just going on one, um, but we have a list. And so like that way we can go through a process of elimination. But the challenge is, is this ongoing list of feedback or things that we get from people the challenge is, is that other person needs to go research it because they don't want to talk about it because they don't necessarily feel confident knowing. And so that's on that person to go and like think of some scenarios or think of some stories. Um, and with that being said, like we've never really had any conflict um, as far as what episodes, but there have been times where we think we're going to speak on one thing, but like there's just an inner voice telling us we need to speak on something else. Okay. So we're adaptable or you know, the, as you know, the episode kind of like ebb and flow. And before you know it, you're like, oh man, we're talking, we're supposed to be talking about the difference between 
right or wrong or is there? And yet over here, we're now talking about going all in on yourself, right? Like two different topics, but they correlate so well. Okay. Okay. Now, this is the most difficult question because as a content creator, obviously you do a vast amount of it. How do you handle the criticism? That's a good question. Um, I will be honest. I am so focused on what I want that the criticism doesn't matter. Right. Like, um, you know, I I don't want to get too religious or whatever affiliation you have with religion, but most people will say that they know God lives, but they've never seen him. Right. Right. Well, I know I have a $250 million coaching company, whether I've seen it or I haven't seen it doesn't matter. I know it. Right. And so it doesn't matter if this person over here is telling me how bad I suck because they're not my ideal client. I know who my ideal client is. So now I can move over to the next person and say, Oh, you are my ideal client. Let me spend the time and resources and energy to have you work with me. And so the more focused you are on the person that you are trying to attract, right? Like I'm, I'm down to his name's Brian. He makes $150,000 a year handed. He's got more hair than I do. Like it's very, very focused. (laughs) He listens to certain books. He likes certain sports. He has to be a basketball fan, right? Like, or him and I just don't jive because I only watch basketball. And so like I go through things like this and then before I know it, it doesn't mean that everyone fits every single aspect of the characteristics. However, like I can tell if someone comes in and they're like, well, I don't know about this. It's like, well, you're not certain on yourself. You're not my ideal client. I'm going to move over to someone else. Right. And that's where, you know, you just brush through the weeds. Like you can't help everyone. You just got to go find the people that are meant for you to help them. And you only know that by actually writing those things down and being focused on finding those people. Okay. So criticism, you know, criticism just, it will come regardless. It's because people don't have the same value levels or the same level of thinking you do. And that's okay. It doesn't matter what they say, right? Because you're going after the ones that need you. Right. And the ones that don't, they can find their way somewhere else, like you said. And, and I appreciate that. All right. Exactly. Now, now um, another thing on this show, we pay homage to 2020 News Magazine. Uh, Diane Sawyer, John Stossel, and the late, great Barbara Walters. Uh, there's certain types of questions that can be asked on that show that make people more personable, make them more... I guess your people. So Jesse, it's your time to take this trip down the 2020 question lane. Are you ready? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. So here we go. Um, me personally, I have learned a lot about comparison. I don't compare myself to anything. I heard this phrase over the weekend called comparison defeats personality. Hmm. Never, never took a twist on it until I actually had time. I was sitting in an airport last night and I just kept, it just kept going on and on in my head. And I thought about it in life. Comparison defeats personality. Now, what I need you to do real quick, Jesse, for me is I need you to take comparison and make a a phrase out of it. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, Comparing yourself to others will never get you what you truly desire. Elaborate. Yeah, it's, Hey man, we're just, we're shooting off the hip here, but yeah, your comparison, when you start to compare and worry about the external environment, you lose yourself. Okay. And that is true. And I thank you for that. Cause you did a nice, easy one. You didn't come with something really perplexed. I was, I was hoping that you would say something extra so that it would go a little bit further, but that's fine. <laughs> All right, so here's the next question. Um, okay. 
providing for people because that's what you do. You are a heavy provider. Uh, so your cup is half full or half empty sometimes. Uh, and you talked about meditation and you talked about those things that people have niched into the word self-care. I don't believe in self-care. I believe in self-maintenance. We do things to maintenance ourselves to keep us going. Sure. So typically in a 48-hour period, how much self-maintenance do you do for yourself? Yeah, I spend about 80% of my day worrying about the things that are important to me. Um, and the other thing that I do, a lot of people don't like, I, I talk a lot about this, but I'm a huge basketball shoe collector. Absolutely love them. And so a lot of times as I'm closing business and I'm closing deals, I'm actually at the basketball shoe store buying exclusive drops. So Ooh, snap. I'm treating myself for every deal I close. That's a reward to show me that I care about me. And the more I do that, the more excited I get, the more business I close. Okay. Hopefully you got a pair of Tim Hardaway's in your collection. You know, I don't yet, but um, I just got these, uh, these Jordan Easter dunks that are just absolutely amazing. So, okay. Yeah. But you-, you know, I've got a picture of like eight other shoes right now that I have to go pick up or find. Right. Cause I'm very specific in the things. Yeah. That I want. Okay. And I like that. And to any listener, if you do find yourself in an event where you find a pair of Nike Air Max 120s with the sunset color, I'll let your boy yeah. now <laughs> getting further and further into this. Um, you deal with tons of people. You have to have an open ear to things, but then you have to have a closed ear. And you explain that very explicitly that you know how to turn that switch off. Oh, absolutely. Um, once again, it comes back into knowing yourself, right? And so someone might say something like, oh, change is hard. Not to reject that. And I tell myself like openly, I will whisper to reject that. And that's not what I believe, right? Because everyone is out there sharing their projections and projecting on you about their opinion and their limiting beliefs. Right. On the same time, if someone says, oh, change is hard, I challenge them and go, hey, you said change is hard. Do you know what change is for me? Like, what do you think I associate change with? And I'll challenge them a little bit and they'll go, "Uh, I don't know. And I'll say change means growth. Change means easy. And I will challenge them on what I truly believe and say, so why why is change hard for you? And I'll ask them and allow them to just like spill open the amount of people that cry at a Chipotle lunch with me is unreal. Like I've known at my local Chipotle is a guy that brings in grown men and they cry because they've never asked that question before in their life. And they're going, well, why is change hard? And then it really starts to get them to think like, oh, maybe I've been thinking my entire life wrong, right? Maybe change is easy. I don't know. Hmm. It's what you accept. So a lot of times people say, oh, this is hard. This is difficult. I'll say, absolutely not. I'll reject it. And then I'll challenge, right? And the challenge allows them to feel that energy exchange of like, I'm not being a douche, like I'm being nice. And I'm asking them and helping them to consider something different than what they naturally just say out of habit. Okay. Now, I have a question for you. This is something serious. Neuro-linguistic programming. Can you give us a brief 101? And that's your Barbara Walters question because she would ask that. I need that in my life. The listeners need that. My co-host Stacy needs it. We all need to know how this works. Yeah. So a lot of it works with asking yourself a couple questions. Number one, when did I decide this? Right. When did I decide that change is hard? Okay. At what point am I willing to let this go? 
right? And you ask yourself these questions because your mind is a computer, plain and simple. And from the ages of five to seven years old, your entire life was altered and changed and that has become your personality. And so from the ages of five to seven years old, maybe a little bit, depending on the tragic experience you, you have, that may be a little bit different, but the average is five to seven. And then you have to go back and unpack things. You know, why, why am I addicted to Coca-Cola? You know, well, it's because <laughs> my mom drank Coca-Cola every single day. And it was like, I would just see it and I would feel how she felt when she drank it because she would be happier. So I associated happiness with Coca-Cola. Well, no wonder I'm addicted to it because I'm not drinking the Coca-Cola for the taste. I'm drinking it because it makes me happy because it made my mom happy. And so asking myself those questions, like, well, at what point did I decide this? And then going and saying, well, what do I want instead? Right. And like, okay, well, I want to be healthy. That's what I truly want. And I want to have a six pack. Okay. So what do I need to learn from this to let this go? Well, I need to learn that the emotion here of my mom drinking Coca-Cola, she was drinking that because she was always stressed out and she was addicted and I don't want to be addicted. So I have to drop Coca-Cola in order for me to get the six pack. And I have to go back and reprogram that first emotion of what I had. Right. And the best way to do that is by going back into your mind and asking when you first decided things. And once again, going back to that memory, 50% of your memory is actually what really happened. The other 50% is just a rendition of going back. And so that's where neuro-linguistic programming comes into play is it literally can change you and it can change your DNA studies have shown to help you become the very person you want. And it's amazing. It's liberating too, in some cases. And I thank you for that. Cause that's what started my extra, my more, I'm doing way more research now into that because I do want to know why certain things happen, you know? So before we get off this interview, I've got to ask you something serious. Let's do it. And this is a hard question because this word defines people, people, die behind this word people change their lives completely behind the word success mm. so i would like your science on success good question everyone's rendition of success is going to be different based off of what they want and what they want to experience in their life and so success is aligning all the things that you want and making that happen whether that's material things or experiences, or maybe even a conversation you are just desperately wanting to have with someone that you love. And then focusing on those things to make that rea your reality. Um, I said it earlier, like we're all creators on this earth, right? Um, mm -hmm. If you believe that you're a son or daughter of God or whatever the case, or from divine energy, you're a creator. Something created you, you have that in your biological body to go and create. And so that's where success is. What are you creating for you to have the best experience on this earth and in this life? And maybe even for generations after you're gone. And that was the crown jewel of this episode. Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia commonplace. And I need you to leave a lasting impression here. Cause you're going to leave impressions everywhere you go, but just for this show, um, if there was a billboard, and uh, you stay over in Utah, which uh, I think we got an NBA basketball all-star game. Hey, we do. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, I'm working on getting tickets. <laughs> so 
your billboard, I got to put it somewhere because you probably travel pretty far and wide. Your billboard's going to be in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And on this billboard, you're going to be giving your 17th TED Talk, which will be your first on the East Coast because you only like to come to the East Coast when it's warm uh, or when it's snowing, whichever one you choose. Right. So what's going to be the title of your TED Talk? And, you know, you're on a marquee. So what is going to be that catchphrase that goes underneath scrolling? Because, you know, you're on one of those big old uh, jumbotrons. Yeah, I like that. That's a great question. Um, my my TED Talk that I'm, I'm working on right now is called Finding Certainty in Uncertain Times. Um, but the one that I really continues to resonate with me more and more, and I'm actually writing a book about it, is uh, called Mindful Miracles. Okay. That would be a thing. The thing that you think in your mind can actually bring more miracles in your life than you could actually believe. All right. So we're, we're role playing here. So we'll just keep going with it. So you finish in um, Washington, D.C. And, and then it's time to head to the Midwest. Midwest, people have a, a certain way of calling whatever Midwest. Midwest starts at Ohio and keeps going to the left mm-hmm. with me. So let's put it somewhere out there. Let's go to Fargo. Okay. Fargo is a different scenery for you. Um, probably only about 10,000 people there, you know, that are coming to this event. Uh, and they have that old school sign where they just put the letters on there and slide it on there. Mm-hmm. You only have 15 words that can be on there. Oh, okay. All right. Because we're going to be creative with it. And the one thing that you do notice while you're there is that they have you doing this performance outside in the summertime. I don't know if you've been to to any of the Dakotas or anything, but pretty pretty much probably a little bit like Utah. It's going to be a little dry, a little humid. So, you know, you're going to, your show comes on at seven, but your your marquee, once again, is just this little simple sign that people see going by all 10,000 people in this uh, city, Fargo. Mm -hmm. What's it going to say to them? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, it's going to say that your environment plays a huge role in your life. You need to move. <laughs> I hey, like that. Hey, you get a lot of people there. You get all 10,000 there ready with pitchforks and then they'd, you know, hear what you have to say, but it's the truth. Your environment the reason why you are where you are right now in your life is because of the environment and the people around you. And if you, you wanted to go higher or bigger in your life, you got to change your environment some way, shape or form. Doesn't mean you need to move, but maybe you need to change your circle of friends. <laughs> Hook, line and sinker. All right. So yeah, we move it over to the West coast. Yeah. Uh, um, you could easily get to Arizona, New Mexico. You can get to Nevada if you like to go to Colorado so, so let's take it somewhere nice. Let's go to Boise. It's been a while All since right. I've been there. Boise. Um, you know, they have football crowd. We're going to do, it's got to be Boise State time because nobody else gets wound up for anything else there. Yeah, you got to be all in blue, right? Right. So, you, so you're at Boise State University and you're giving your first of many West Coast talks because, you know, West Coast, that's you. Yeah. And this this thing happens. One of your clients flies out. He's from uh, New Jersey. He flies all the way out there to hear you at Boise state. And 
his question to you is not what the title is going to be, but what's the middle of your speech? Hmm. And the reason he asks this is because he knows you. He's followed you. He's character profiled you like you were on Criminal Minds. So he yeah. knows what to expect, but you know that you always have to turn new pages and you have to emerge okay. from what you were yesterday to what you are today. There you go. So what's the middle of this TED talk you're giving at Boise State? I got it. So I'm a big Bible guy. All right. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I do believe All right, that's fine. So here we go. Same here. God, when he said in Genesis um, to create something, right? He was saying, let there be light. He didn't say, I want light. And so wanting is a lack. It's a perception that you, there is a lack thereof. And so when you say, let there be, what do you need to do to get out of your way to let things in your life? <laughs> Got me? You feeling yeah, that? Yeah, I like that one. Uh, it steals down this vine, right? So, yeah. you know, but like, if I say I want this, it means I don't have it, right? And what if this whole world, we all believe in abundance and this whole world has everything. So then what do I need to do to let it be in my life? So true. So what what do I need to drop in my life to get to, get to that next point, right? Like that that sticks with me. I had this, that was my epiphany. And I think it was for this show specifically. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving my car and it hit me and I just had to pull over and go, Oh, like that was not, that was not the Jesse I know. Right. So right. pretty awesome. Uh, so after all that, I want to thank you, Jesse Fisco for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate having you on and very strong minded. So let me give you a quick testimony. We just met over 45 minutes ago. Two things you can tell you're a devout Christian like that um my famous phrase is romans 3 verse 23 for all of sin to come short of the glory of god uh i stick by that uh and there's some stuff in ephesians and stuff that i cover but i stick with that because we do so much in a day sometimes we do some bad but you can still repent you can still pray you can get to where you need to uh so great thing about you is fortitude fortitude is hard to have in this world um and gunction that's a southern thing that we got gunction you got it all the way out there in Utah. Gunction is the difference in knowing that you're right about your stuff and not letting nobody pull the wool over you or fake you out. Yeah. You clearly said in this episode, and you were the first guest I've ever heard this from, and I've talked to countless people. More, I got more interviews that haven't even been released, so <laughs> just, just saying, you actually know how to bypass people. If they're not a fit or your jigsaw puzzle, you move away from that. That is an admirable quality that you can't bottle, you can't manufacture anywhere. I don't even think you can teach that. I think that's just something that comes with the flow. And you're one of the only people I've, I've heard that. Well, I've heard that from on the show. I've heard it from other people in life, but I'm just saying like in general, in application and stuff, because with everything you do, you have to do that. You have to be the guy that says, uh, not for me. Move stage left stage right whatever um so going further with that um and then doing all this uh taking care of your life being assertive and who you are those things trickle down to other people and that's a great quality you have said so don't want you to ever stop doing that the next thing is enlightening people helping people helping people understand that when you think there needs to be a level of comprehension 
And that is the main message I got when I read about you. And I went there. It's like, this guy has comprehension. Comprehension is a lost format of thought or deeper thought in our society. So please never, ever lose that. If you decide to have kids or if you have kids or if you have cousins, aunts, uncles, cousins, please pass that along to them. Because comprehension is the reason why so many things fall into the miscommunication category. They, they fall short. So that's your testimony right there. I want to tell you thank you and keep that with you. Um, wrap it up. And you can actually manufacture that into a crystal ball out there or get some salt. You can go in a salt mine, break some salt up and there add you your name in, in, in the salt rock that you have, which yeah. that is something you can do in Utah, anybody, if you ever get a chance to go to a salt mine, if they're still, that's available. Right. That's yeah, still right. available. So on that last note, Jesse, is there anybody that you want to thank for helping you get to where you are? Yeah, absolutely. Number one, um, God, right? Like I'm going to be very blunt there. Uh, my wife as well. Uh, my wife is everything. And without her telling me like, you need to get your butt in gear, like the Jesse I married here 10 years ago versus the Jesse that I'm talking to at the time at eight years, it's not the same and I don't want it. Right. You talk about courage. That's courage to me, right. To step up to your spouse and say, you need to step up or I'm out. Right. And so I uh, definitely want to thank her. And then, of course, um, I want to thank you for letting me be on the show and uh, for your kind words. This is awesome. And uh, I love the opportunity to speak to your guests. And I hopefully delivered a message that resonates with them because you're doing an amazing thing. Thank you very much. And I am JR from West Virginia and Commonplace. And we are signing. Please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter. TikTok where we have some great content, Facebook, LinkedIn, hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site. Join the email list from the website, and rate, subscribe, and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher. And lastly thanks for listening and tune into the next episode. Thank mm-hmm. you.